0: take your bibles and turn to john chapter 2 that's my favorite way to start a class say take your bibles and turn to and the second also time first place starting a class is a prayer so we'll do that too Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for this evening time. I, I really um, I love being here on Wednesday nights, and I'm not here because there is a obligation, I feel. There's a blessing of the fellowship and the camaraderie and the friendship that is here. It's, it's refreshing to me, and I so thank you for that, and I believe that's common to others that are here tonight as well. Father, we're very grateful that you didn't just create us and say, all right, you guys figure it out, that you've given us your word. It's an incredible life for our path. It's an incredible guide and source for our lives. It's an incredible source of nourishment. And so we do ask and pray as we feed from your living word that you would nourish us, that you would take the double-edged sword and that you would cut deep, deep within, Father. Because especially some things we're going to talk about, they're they're not things on the outside that we can control. They're things on the inside that our hands just can't get in there and pull out. And so that's why we're just really dependent upon the indwelling of your spirit and just the scalpel of your word to cut in and do its work to convict us, to transform us, and to shape us more into the image of Christ. Father, honestly, um, what we're talking about is... It's a challenge, and, and we're, we're wrestling through this, and we're having a hard time with it, and rather than just saying, well, let's just move on, we really want to seek to dig into your word, especially as we look at two extremely relevant issues that we face in our personal lives. It's that of anger and forgiveness. We, we seek your guidance through your word, and may may your word work in our lives and plant seeds that bear fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit in our daily lives. It's through Jesus we pray, amen. amen. Close, oh, close my eyes, open up, and more people show up. <laughs> um, sometimes I, I wonder if if I don't stretch things out a bit too much, and don't move on as quickly as I could because or if maybe no, no, we're not finished we need to keep working through this particular uh, the things that we were talking about over the past two or three weeks Um, but we did not finish our discussion there were a number of scriptures that I felt were just so important And, and and as I was digging through them oh that's good oh that's good it might be good let's just forget it let's just move on and no so i'm i'm dragging this out i hope it doesn't feel that way to you um we we are in the topic of this class which you if you're not unless you're new here it's called unoffendable it's taken from the book written by brent is it Brandt hansen and um it's 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 basically what does he mean by that last week i gave you some fun definitions of it uh one of them was i am not a taylor swift fan at all but somebody said you know she wrote this song called shake it off and uh it's basically she's saying i'm not gonna let the gossipers gossip and the haters hate i'm not gonna i'm just gonna shake it off and that's what it means to be unoffendable that you can say some things about me you can say some things to me you can hurt me but i'm not gonna let it penetrate like the advice that someone gave Karen when he found out she's going to be a preacher's wife, he says, You've got to learn just to have thick skin and not let what's going to happen in that role penetrate. It's like, to that, that's a sense of what it means to be unoffendable. It's impossible for her not to come my way in whatever ways it is, but I can choose what that does to me. I can choose, he says, to be unoffendable, so you can shake it off, and then I, I taught you a, a, a very uh, technical visual of what it means to be unoffendable, to pull your pants down and slide on the ice, um, so you'll, you'll never forget that visual again. It means just chill out. There's so much sensitivity, so much heated extreme of reactions, one to another, and disagreements, if we could just kind of chill out. Um, grow thick skin, let it, let it bounce off, uh, shared with you last week, uh, no it wasn't last week, I was, I was in Franklin, Tennessee last week, it was wonderful with my dad, wonderful, wonderful, um, Current, don't be a snowflake. Don't be someone that's a that's a, almost, in a sense, is an offensive way of speaking to someone. <laughs> it could be, but it's just, I mean, don't be somebody who's just so quickly and easily offended, somebody who's unable to deal with opposing opin- opinions, someone who's overly emotional and easily offended. And so there's two extremes we talked about that you can just be so hypersensitive that if someone just smiles and says, Jesus, love you, just get upset. There's, that's that. But then there's other, the extreme of just people that are just so insensitive, they don't care what they're going to say, and you just need to not be a baby and deal with it. And so there's, there's two extremes there. Um, but we did talk about, and I don't want to repeat it because I want to really get through this tonight, this is extremely relevant in our culture. Um, there's a lot of manipulation is being used by whether or not you're going to hurt my feelings or not or whether or not i'm offended we saw this through a lot of the political stuff a lot of this covid stuff a lot of the the racial things we talked about and, and then we, we did something he did not do in this video we're supposed to be watching a video we've watched one is he doesn't go there but i went to scripture and said where in the world is that word in scripture and uh, it actually is used a number of times in the new testament and it's a uh, Greek word is skandalon, from which we get the words to be scandalized. And so to be offended, in a sense, you know, the scripture says you do this, cause someone to stumble. And so someone does something, and I am scandalized to the point that it negative. It, I react in a way negatively, and it causes me to stumble and react inappropriately. Um And the author would was summing up in in various ways to not let the negative actions of others bring you down to their level and affect you um which is hard not to do to not let it take control of you and that that that's very real. there are people who for years are in bondage to an offense to a hurt that someone has to an anger that they are holding against someone and and he talks in the, in the video, and I would agree that there are times when it feels as though we're entitled to that. We should hold on to it. And almost, it's kind of weird, there's sometimes there's some feeling like it, it's almost right. It feels good to hold on to it. It feels right. If I were to let go of it, um, it would be a mistake. And so, in general, the, the big focus is he says, he says really in, in the book and he says in the video, we're talking about anger and how to, how to deal with that, how to understand that, and how to work with or without that and learning how to respond with a better alternative, which is forgiveness. And so when, when he said that in the book and in the video, I thought, well, yeah, that's a very, very worthy study. Could, uh, we battle and struggle with those areas. And so that's where we're headed. And so he, in the video, we, he makes three primary points here. <laughs> this whole idea of you can choose to be unoffended, undefendable and choose not to hold anger, he says, it's counterintuitive, there's something in us that feels like I have to, I should, but not only is it counterintuitive to us, but, but that we also go to the Bible, and we actually have some biblical um, truths that say, no, no, there are times when you should be offended, and we were even talking about this, tonight. I, I have sin in my life, should I not be offended by that shit, how am I supposed to take that, but um, we have we have scripture, and so we we looked at some of the scripture, and there were two primary passages that are our say. Look, we should be angry. There are times when we should be angry, and he says, mm, "Have we in the book and in the video have we have we misinterpreted those passages?" And we looked at one of them, and that took up our whole time last time because it led us down this track of discussion, this track, and it led my thoughts down. Well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And so I did a lot of digging. Um, so we went to we went to Ephesians chapter four, which is see, you're supposed to be angry because it says, in your anger do not sin. So it's okay to be angry, just don't sin in your anger. But then right after that it says, get rid of it. Don't let the sun go down in your ass. So if it's okay to be angry, why is it something you're supposed to get rid of? We have this feeling of, well, there are times when you need to hold it. And then when you do, the right after that, that passage says, and don't give the devil a foothold. So be aware, regardless of what attitude you hold towards anger, there is dangerous ground there because the devil very likely has a foothold or you're, you're kind of just, you know, cracking that door open and he's thinking, you're no longer in control, your emotions of anger are, so I'll just, I'll just move in and, and take control. And so, um, and then, in, in, in the, then he, he mentions it three times and he says, get rid of it. So whatever it is, and there was this discussion, well, anger is really um, not a, a wrong thing. It's an emotion that's not bad or good, but if it's not bad, why are we to get rid of it? And, and we'll talk more about that. So then that led me down, and we talked about this last two weeks ago. What is anger? Not what do you think anger is. This is what does the Bible say is anger. There are two words in the New Testament that I thought of. Uh, there were two words for anger in the New Testament. I discovered this week, oh, why did I not know that one? Uh, Y'all should expect me to have all the answers and know everything by now. I've been doing this long enough, but to be honest with you, the more windows I open and learn, the more windows I find that I have to keep opening. It's just, I'm always learning, always learning. And so, first of all, we looked at two words, thumos and or, gizop, two primary words are used for anger. Basically, are the same. They're used interchangeably. Orgizo we get the word orgy from that. So it's a heated passion. It could be sexually or a heated expression and passion of negative feelings identified as anger. And so thumos is a something that's bursting. Heated. Um, sometimes those words are translated anger. Sometimes those words are translated wrath. Sometimes those words are used for people, sometimes those words are used, those two words are used for God. And that, that really led me to believe, because I think, uh, I'm think, i angry like Fred Roderick, I'm really angry at Hamas. But evidently, whatever that anger is that I feel towards Hamas is not the same thing as what the Bible is saying, because the Bible is saying whatever that is, thumosa orge, those got to go. So I'm wondering if we have a different uh, evolution of the word anger in our English language that's not the equivalent to what we're looking at in these verses. So Ephesians 4 is one of our, see, look, it says we should get angry, and he says, no, I don't think that verse validates anger, and I agree with him. I agree with that. The next one is a really good one. I want us to dig into this one. Uh, we could just skip over it because it was a complicated discussion last time, but I, um, I love the wrestle I don't necessarily always think getting to a solution is great, but it's that wrestle towards that, meditating and struggling with God and with one another. That's formative, too, and so I I think that's okay. So the passage is in John chapter 2, and it's, it's, it's my explanation of why, there are times when we should be angry because we're followers of Jesus, and this is the story of Jesus in the temple when he got angry. See? And I'm gonna be like Jesus. And he says with this passage, mmm. Is that the example we're to follow? And I thought, wait a minute, man, are you kidding? Because I mean I uh so let's um
1: aren't we supposed to follow Jesus.
0: Yeah, aren't we, we supposed, are supposed to follow people? Jesus? And so right? so so let's dig into it and look yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in John chapter 2. Okay. Before we move away
2: from Ephesians 4, since the first class, I've had this idea in my mind about, that helped me learn through this because I used to teach, you know, in your sin, do not anger or in your anger.
3: <laughs>
2: and um, so therefore, it's like righteous anger. anger that we talked about the righteous anger. And so the thing that helped me after that first class, where he says, No, you don't have righteous anger, only God has that righteous anger. I said, One way to help me is down in verse 31 of chapter four. Could you substitute, get rid of all righteous bitterness, righteous rage, righteous forology, righteous anger? You can say righteous for all those other things, and actually anger is also listed in this list.
0: You brought that up in the last class, after class, and I said, please bring that up, because I totally forgot about that. Did you understand his point? I think that's a very interesting, good point. How come with this word, anger, we can attach righteous to it for humans, With all those other ones that's in the same list of, we wouldn't say righteous bitterness. Uh, interesting and good point. So what do we do about Jesus' example? How do we follow it in this passage? Let me just read it. And let's talk about it, okay? John chapter 2, verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Verse 13. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all From the temple area, both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get those out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? In verse 17, I'm reading from the NIV, his disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Did Jesus get angry here? Or my questions? Or is this temper did he did he lose control
2: how long does it take to braid a whip sorry how long does it take to braid a whip
0: okay uh usually when i braid a whip it takes me (laughs) i don't know (laughs) verse 11 or verse
2: 15 It says
0: so he made a whip out of court. Oh, that's very interesting, Jeff. I've never noticed that it said he made a whip. Okay, so what what where where's your mind going with that? Count to ten. Aha. <laughs> right. uh-huh. So he was being slow he was angry, but he was being slow to anger. Is that where you're going with that? So, 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 so making a plan of response
2: that's
1: controlled.
0: So that's not explosive, it's control, okay? So he was uh,
3: planning a response.
0: Planning a response. Um what what are the things that he did? Okay, he made a whip. What did he do with the whip? Chased out the cattle and the We're assuming chased out the animals with the whip. Okay. What else did he physically do? Turn the tables over.
3: He took the 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 tables, he flipped them
0: over. Mm -hmm. What else did he do? No, okay, Sorry, coins? he scattered their coins, so he took their money and threw it all over the place. Yes? He was telling them to get out. Tell Now, when he was telling them to get out, it doesn't say what was his tone of voice.
2: No, there's doesn't. exclamation
0: point. How, is there an exclamation point in the NIV? Oh, Let's no, see, no, is no, it no, there? No, yeah, get no, these no, out of here, exclamation no, point. No. How dare you turn my father's house into a market. Exclamation points! So, um, so, so those exclamation points are inferring that it wasn't. Now, come on, guys, (laughs) let's not do this at church. You get the feeling there's some heat, right? Do you feel? Is it yelling? I don't know. You don't know. don't know. Um, he he might feeling, there's cattle and sheep everywhere. I, I got a feeling it wasn't a mellow. It was elevated, yeah, yeah. What, let me ask you something, okay? Taking money, throw it around, cracking a whip, elevated, yelling, telling them to get stuff out of here, flipping the tables. Would we typically define that as a violent response?
3: If we were there, probably <laughs> we probably would be like, "Oh,
0: what would be a better if we word?" We
3: didn't know who he was. We probably would think
0: that angry response. Well, so, so let's here you go. Let's go. Let's go with it like this. We're at church this Sunday, and we're in the foyer. Right, did you have your hand up? I was going to say
3: he had some authority in the chapter he talks about uh, in the book. Um, he talks about a policeman. That a policeman can exert authority without showing anger. I mean, to turn over a table and say "Get out of here" doesn't necessarily have to be expressed with true anger.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I really thought this policeman illustration was very interesting. That uh, sometimes policemen have to be physical. Yeah, they have whistles on. So, so Eddie we're we're in the foyer and it's before church and we're all you're all standing around drinking coffee and buying coffee and and donuts and cookies and I come in upset about that and I have a and I go and find some rope and I make a whip and I start just whipping it and I go up to the money container, and I throw it on the floor. And I take that coffee cart, and I get I flip it, I take those cookies, and I flip it, and I look at them, I say, you get this, and yourselves, and get out of here. Would you, in that moment, say, he is so much like Jesus.
3: <laughs>
2: he's just, he's just, Jesus, out. look at
0: him. What, what, what was? A warning for yarn for Yahweh on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. What what would you say? It's out of control. You, you would think he's lost it. And mm-hmm. hey, would you say Eddie just lost his temper?
3: Yeah.
0: Now are we two different cultures? And that is that our problem? Could be. Why is it yeah. we have to say Jesus is good here? We have to, right? We don't have a choice, but Eddie, we're not going to allow Eddie to do that. Is there, what is it, in following Jesus, how do I follow Jesus in this story? What does it look like? Are there times when what I see in him is okay for me?
1: I think so. I think if you came up to a man raping a girl... You don't have to get a oh, that's a, really, to have to get that's a to good know. example. There has there, to
0: be some physical there force. There has to be a
1: time where when you see evil, or see something that's so... I mean, the point here in the temple is he's saying something about who God is.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you see people and humans being hurt <coughs> and they're made an the image of God, there's times that we say, no, these are God's children.
0: Kind of like, like a policeman is going to defend. There's a time. Yeah, that's a that's a good example. There's a, that's a time when you need it. physical force needs to be used. Yeah, you can't just stand there and say, "Don't do that." We need an emotion. Kathy? I mean, we've
3: been given permission to have a coffee cart and collect money and pay and cookies. And
0: cookies. Well, they had permission in the temple of just Jesus.
3: I don't know if there are many money they are supposed to be in there. Well, I don't think they have permission. I don't they, they
0: think they corrupted their permission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, by the time of the first century, the rules had changed according to what God they allowed. Were cheating, yeah. They were cheating
1: the people. Uh,
0: so here, here's another. So there are times. When are those times? Because uh, I thought about the rioters in Washington. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were standing up for what's right, patriotism. They were hurting people. The riotous? Huh? They
3: were hurting.
0: And the people in Denver? You see, there, there are some who will say, look, we're just, we're defending, we're standing up for justice here. Uh, we're the minimal of destruction. But it wasn't. It like yeah. It. And so his well,
3: response. Like, that's like saying that the smash and grab in the department stores, that's okay because they have to feed their families with a Gucci purse.
0: So so here's something interesting. Here's something interesting I wondered about. Where does this fit in? His disciples remembered what is written, zeal for your house will consume me. So here's what you do. When someone says, don't be angry, I go, mm-mm, I'm being <laughs> zealous.
1: Mm-hmm. <Yeah>.
0: Jesus was <laughs> zealous. You're, the, 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 my understanding is the disciples looked upon what they saw, and they thought, this is what it means from Psalm 69, is it? Uh Yeah. When there's that quoted from 69, Jesus' zeal for your house. What is, is there a difference between anger and zeal? Is it that Jesus is not showing anger, but he's showing zeal? What's the difference between anger and zeal? The, the disciples identified it as zeal. It seems like that. It doesn't mean necessarily they were correct in that identification, but that's what the text is. What is zeal? Is it different from anger?
3: Enthusiasm.
0: Enthusiasm? So I'm just being enthusiastic. Yeah. Don't don't get on me. I'm just being enthusiastic here. Uh, I looked up zeal, and really it's it's about the same thing. Uh, if you go to its root word, it's heated. To boil with heat. So that's kind of like, not too far from orge or, or thumos, those two Greek words. It means Zeal, ardor, in, embracing, pursuing, defending, uh, the fierceness of indignation, punitive zeal, an envious and contentious rival. We we actually know in the first century there's a political party called the Zealots. One of Jesus' disciples. What was his name? Simon. Simon the Zealot. And the Zealots. Um, what were they doing? Wanting to the the they were wanting to overthrow the government. In what way? through peaceful demonstrations? By force. By force. Physical force. And activism. And fighting. Um,
1: Well, there is a lot in the Old Testament where God's wanting those that were in Israel to be overtaken by force. So, you know, it's kind of like that'd be hard to say. We're sitting there going, oh, how could they do that? Mm -hmm. You know, they had the Old Testament where there was a lot of taking over of Israel by force. So
0: yeah, at the hand of God. Yeah, at the hand of God. So, so they would look at that and say, God is leading us into that, which a lot of people do. They justify their ungodly behavior by saying, God is leading me in that. Uh, it's interesting. Um, but
3: did Jesus stand? Did he hold on to the anger after sundown? Did, was he angry for a long
0: time? So, he, so you're saying he got it out.
3: Well, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, he didn't do anything that really hurt anybody, destructive, or, um, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Did he sin by... by
0: And we know the obvious answer to that.
3: But I'm just saying there's... I mean, like you said, there are times that some zealous expression will be shown, but to me the point is don't keep dwelling on it.
0: Yeah, don't hold it. At least humans. <clears throat> don't hold it. Because scripture, God holds anger. Yeah. I we'll say it in Romans chapter 2. I'll, I'll tell you this illustration. I did this in Baton Rouge. I should do it here maybe sometime. Romans chapter 2, it says, what you're doing is storing up God's wrath for the day of judgment. It's like there's this big storeroom. And every time you do this, there's, there's just more wrath being put in. <laughs> you just stored it up. And I said, it's kind of like this. It's kind And I took a balloon and I said... You sin, and God sees that, and it's just, you storing up his wrath, and you sin again. And I kept doing it until the, the, the balloon popped. God can hold wrath and explode with his wrath, if I can use that word. There's no place in scripture that allows that for humans that I know of. And I'll show you. I'll show you. Go to Romans. Uh, I, I, we're not going to do this tonight. But it, you might, if you're interested in zeal for your house consuming, I thought, okay, what's the passage in Psalm 69 that's quoted from that? It's very interesting. <laughs> it feels as though the disciples were taking that passage in Psalm 69 out of context. And they say, Jesus' zeal for his house uh, it's consuming him. Um, it seems as though it's being taken out of context. But you might, if you want to read Psalm 69, it's qu- very interesting because it does say, I am upset. I am angry. I, I just wish. These things do it happen to these people? God, show them your wrath. I'm not going to do it, but you show them your wrath. That's your place. Um, interesting. But let's go to Romans chapter 12. Ted brought that passage up, and it, and it has an interesting use of the word zeal and anger. And I think it helps us to. I think it helps us wrap our brains around what it means to be unoffendable Romans chapter 12 and, and, and it's, it's kind of like I want to look at this little verse here and this verse here and this verse here I don't want to look at all these but it just makes sense to read the whole larger context and I come back and we'll, we'll uh, I'll bring out what, what is interesting to me verse 9 love must be sincere hate what is evil cling to what is good Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. There's that word. But keep your spiritual fervor, which I'm kind of defining as zeal, spiritual fervor. I'm thinking that's Mm -hmm. synonymous. Serving the Lord. So I'm going to be zealous in spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. patient, patient in affliction. That would be unoffendable. It's a person who can be patient in the midst of affliction. Faithful in prayer. What, what What a solution to hurt and offense. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Look at this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. How do you respond to offense and hurt? You respond with blessing not curse. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Do not be proud. My most common, sinful, negative, wrong response is driven by my pride most of the time when I do something like this. That's me. I know probably not you all. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Look at this. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Everybody. Not just those that treat you well. If it is possible. Isn't that interesting? If it's possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means that's not easy, right? Do not. Now, look at this. Here comes that word. Anger and revenge together do not take revenge my friends But leave room for God's order wrath. That's the words used there order For it is written it is mine to avenge I Will, ap- will repay Which is the implication not for you? Says the Lord on the contrary If your enemy is hungry just imagine living like this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. What a impact that would have. In this sense, it would be burning coals on his head. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I believe... As I understand what the author means by being unoffendable, is says, I'm not going to be overcome by evil, but I'm going to overcome evil with good. Now, let me make some observations, and you can make some comments as well. In verse 9, we are allowed hate. He says, hate what is evil. So whatever it means to be unoffendable in, the, in a biblical sense, it does not mean the absence of, of of hatred towards evil. We are allowed that. Hatred of sin, hatred of evil, hatred of of rape, as you brought up, hatred of, how do you work with that hatred? And watch this. Hate what is evil. And then he brings up evil, but whatever I do with that hate, do not repay evil for evil. So that's where the mistake comes in is when i come down and i respond accordingly as i've been replied to and then do not over be overcome by evil i hate it but i'm not going to let it consume me but instead i'm going to maintain control and respond with good um
1: you know, eddie i may have trouble differentiating hating evil and being
0: angry mm-hmm. i struggle i i, I, I asked that same question benita i did yeah yeah, But here's, here's the thing. Biblically speaking, not what do we think. The word orge and thumos is never, ever mentioned in Scripture that I'm aware of. That's okay in this case. Hate is, it's given an okay. But the word thumos, orge, never once in Scripture it says that's okay. Not once. So what is that difference? Because I, I struggle to see the difference too. I hate this. That means I'm feeling like I'm angry towards it.
1: Well, again, we may be limited by words on defining emotions at, at times. I mean, I may I sit there and say I may be having a hard time differentiating that, but maybe that's okay as long as I'm making sure that I'm fulfilling all the other things yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Then it is whatever I define it as. It's
0: if I'm fulfilling these other things, I'm getting the impression I haven't crossed the line into sinful anger as the mm-hmm. Bible defines it. Yeah. Um,
3: Okay. I mean, could angry anger be more like um, you could hate what's going on, what the things that Hamas has done to people. But if you take that that hatred and kick the dog and slap the you know you know what I'm saying, take it out on other people and just say, well, I'm just angry at Hamas. That's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jeff.
2: How about the word abort? NIV
1: says abhor, what is it? The says abhor. Abhor
0: hate. I must confess, I, I didn't go to the Greek on that word hatred. I'm going to guess it's the word me Oh, but I don't know. Uh, abhor. I, I think if I say I abhor something and I hate something, I feel the same. Although abhor is feels even stronger. What do you think?
2: I think abhor is kind of like a. Uh, you, you don't want to associate.
0: You can't stand it. You
2: can't stand it, so I'm not even going to be there. because is a stronger by. to me is a stronger. I'm going to do something about
0: it. Yeah. Uh huh. Maybe there's better translation of be Now now watch this. Um. Watch this. Hold on, baby. So yes. Can I just of course.
3: Because when you talk about hating sin, I think that humans get that confused
0: with people. You know what I mean? Oh, sure like they do. You
3: like, oh, well, Gina did this, and I just, you know, and then you like hate Gina for the sin that she's done instead of trying to help her get up out of her face.
0: Yes. You know oh, I mean? yeah. That People confuse that a lot. If I truly hate the sin in Gina, it's because I really love Gina and I hate what that sin's doing to Gina. Hey, Gina
3: you're going to want to Gina. You're not going to want to be hating on Gina. hmm.
0: So, I mean, I just think that we, you know... It, yeah, it, oh, that's a good an interesting point. It doesn't say hate evil people. It says hate what is evil. Yeah,
3: because he says that our fighters... That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Blood. yeah. Yeah. Um, um, now, notice this. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. That's order gay. So, I'm not allowed to have Vengeance that belongs to God and he connects orge, anger that's the biblical word for anger as it's translated in English with vengeance I see here God is allowed in this passage what I am not did you understand what I just said?
3: yeah
0: um, my response is feed them, give them a drink overcome it with good and if there's something that needs to happen in anger or in vengeance those are those are pretty much paralleled there that's for god it's interesting to me i noticed here because this is a point he, he makes and i'm thinking mm, yeah, i think this passage at least this one's making that point here god is allowed when i'm not i'm not allowed that and i'll show you another passage that, you
1: don't have vengeance but you definitely have a responsibility if you see an act going on with someone's being hurt
0: so. so whatever this means you're right it doesn't mean to stand back and do nothing you're right. exactly right yeah yeah so the question is um what does that look like how do you do that without crossing the line into what he's speaking of here but oh yeah let's make that clear it's not saying stand by and just watching that's a shame i hate that <laughs> no, um, So, oh yeah, we'll go into another passage in a minute. But I'm I, I just going to clarify his points in the video in the book are. Um, we've taken we have taken these two passages, Ephesians four and John chapter two with Jesus, and use them to a, to allow ourselves to be entitled to an anger that the Bible doesn't allow. Um, so that leads to the next point he makes. And that's what, this was like, when he said it, I go, like, my mind was just, you ever did this? Like, nowhere in the Bible does it say, and my mind's following through all the scriptures, thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's got to be there, got to be there. And I was going to what about this, what about this? He, I, these are quotes. There is no, nothing positive is stated in the Bible about human anger ever. It's a quote. There is no righteous human anger. You may say there is, but it's not written in scripture. Or if there is, then we'll end this series tonight because he's missed it. He says there is no righteous human. It's not mentioned explicitly. Now there is B and I are talking and there's a possible inference if you want to bring it up we can. He says it belongs only to God. Human anger is always listed as a bad thing. It's never good, not once. And so is that right? Where in the Bible does it say to get angry and speak and act out of that angry towards anger towards others? Explicitly. We say, well this where where is that? See I don't know.
1: Well I think you possibly this just came to me. Um, when Samson Killed all
0: the and himself. It's interesting, Benita, that you went to Judges. My mind went there because yeah, there, the there's some, things. there's some violent responses in the Book of Judges. And God gave you him know power a lot of that. them. in are like really rough. Yeah, God gave
1: him the power to do
0: that. You remember the dude? Uh, Was it Phineas?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I think that even the word zeal is used in a relationship to Phineas. Inside, so my my mind went there and said, "Hey, what about that?" But. it explicitly the word anger uh,
1: We see actions, but we don't see it as a word. But at yeah, times, yeah. Like, I
0: don't so know. So are those expressions of anger or are there times when a policeman or someone who is called by God as a judge or a person of authority who's given authority to respond in this way, like we see in the book of Judges. Although, I've always said about the book of Judges, I'm not so sure if that's going to be my go-to book on how we should behave. That's just (laughs) one of the the most repetitive uh, words in the book of Judges. It comes up like eight, 10 times. And in those days, Israel had no king, and everybody did what he wanted. And so that's going to be my book of how I'm supposed to live. No. (laughs) It's crazy. It really is. In, uh, Uh, in, In the instance of Samson, though,
3: When he went into the building, arena, where it was, and first of all, he had to be led to where the posts were. And he didn't go in screaming and yelling and cursing and all that. He was very calm about it It and very intentional. That doesn't say anger to me.
0: Yeah, and he'd go earlier. What is it? What is it? Uh, Judges chapter 2? i know him because he was left-handed. Ehud was left-handed, wasn't he? And... What was that? What was the king's name? Agua, something like that. He was sitting on the toilet, It says relieve himself, and he and came running in and speared him through. And I the thought,
1: the huh? And the fat covered the knife, something like that.
0: Yeah, it covered it up. That's right, it covered it up because he was so fat. What a what a descriptive story. Um, so my mind went, my mind went to those. My mind went to those. But everywhere in Scripture that the word orge or thumo, so this third word I'm going to show you in a minute, It's always there's never a place where human anger... Now, we see these actions are those definitions of human anger or those God-using people as agents of his wrath. Because in Romans chapter 13, God does use the government as an agent of his wrath. Um, So let me show you some passages that do speak of anger. Some of these we know, some we don't. And I think it's just good to hear them because I think most of us here, to some degree, have some level of struggle with anger just to hear these. It's really good for us to go home and let those just cook in our hearts and and shape us differently. Matthew, you know this one quite well. Verse 21, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder. And I think Don... uh, Somebody brought this up. Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is orgizo, orge, anyone who is angry, that's one of the two primary words, with his brother will be subject to judgment. Whatever biblical anger is, it's equated with murder so it's not just a neutral emotion, it's something that will cause one to stand in judgment like a murderer. So when, when the temptation to anger comes your way, it's a good verse to have in mind. Now go to Colossians chapter 3, this one's really a good one. Verse five: Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, and that—that's a Greek word, sarks. That's like flesh. That you can define that as sinful nature. Um, I'm, what I'm getting ready to tell you says you need to put this to death, not control it. There's some things you just don't control. You put it to death. What are those? What are they? What belongs to earth? Sexual immorality. There's not a righteous sexual immorality, right, Richard? Um, Impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Look at this, guys. Because of these, the orge, the wrath of God is coming. So there's our word anger, right there. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Anger is... Orge, rage is thumos. There's the two primary words. So, when anger comes, what do I do with it? What is it that? It's got to go. Whichever one of those words you want to use. But isn't it interesting that what is not allowed to me in this passage is. Is allowed to God. God's wrath is coming because of this, but you don't have that. You understand what I just said? What is not allowed to me in this passage. Here again, we just saw that in Romans, is allowed to God. This is this is important because my mind for so long has been I'm a follower of Jesus and I have God has anger, and so I'm supposed to have that anger that God has. That's not biblical in the explicit sense of what we see in scripture as a matter of fact in these two passages in Romans and Colossians God has allowed it and I am not um, I'm supposed to put it to death temptation comes but if I hold it then I'm moving into being offendable, where it consumes me and starts impacting me and leading me to act contrary to what we see in scripture. Okay, uh, if you have no comments, let's go to one. Kathy brought this up and he does in the video. She had in her notes, James chapter one. I think we're gonna do this tonight. (coughs) My dear brothers, so ladies, you don't need to worry about this one, this is for us guys. Our brethren, we'll say that that includes everyone. Brethren, take note of this: everyone should be quick to listen, <coughs> slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger, man's orge, whatever it is, it does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Is there righteous anger? <clears throat> Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God... Now, now, isn't interesting, he doesn't say don't be angry, he says be slow to become angry. So I'm going to take some time to make that whip before I start swinging it. <laughs> um, but even if you're slow to anger, it
3: doesn't
0: bring about the righteous life right, of God. Right, right. He doesn't say... He says... It doesn't bring, he only means is anger is what doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. So, so don't move in that t- category. When you move in the category and accept and say, this is right, I need to embrace anger, it's not going to lead to the righteousness that God desires in your life. Now, here's what I love um, He gives a huge key to accomplishing this. Huge key, I think. Huge key. Did you get that? <laughs> Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Um, one of the main reasons people get so offended is because they jump to conclusions without really knowing what they're talking about. Our nation is filled with that. Did you see the? Um, I don't know if the spot's helping you guys. If you read the Gazette, two days ago in the uh, editorial section, they had the cartoons. And there's three people. And one says, "Um, I can now fly a jumbo jetliner because I learned how to on um, TikTok or something like that. And this other person says, I now can do brain surgery because I learned to on TikTok. And the third person goes, I'm an expert on what's going on in Palestine in Israel because I listen to TikTok. <laughs> There's so many experts heated and fired up and responding with offense, and they're clueless. Because they're quick to become angry. They're not quick to listen. Um and, and I just, I, I just, in so many news stories, something happens in a news story, it just broke, and on Facebook, all these people know exactly what happened, and are fired up, and are fueling the fires, and a week later, you find out it wasn't exactly like that. It happens all the time. It happens in relationships, too. It happens in my marriage. I've, I've gotten mad at Karen, offended at Karen, and she just, no, Eddie, you need to hear that, that that's not what was going on. And then my pride, oh, yeah, it was. Like, there's no way I wouldn't admit that. But uh, Proverbs eighteen seventeen, 17, uh, Proverbs eighteen thirteen. this is the best one. Memorize this. He who answers before listening, <laughs> he who answers before listening, that is his folly. And shame. Stop and listen. And you may realize you're mistaken. And even if you're not, it is helping you to reconsider the circumstance. Proverbs eighteen seventeen: The one who states his case first seems right. I heard it on NPR. It's got to be right. Fox News reporter said it. Got it. Until The other comes and examines him. We reach conclusions, sometimes conclusions that we want to reach, (laughs) that we read into a story and we just lose it in offense. Oh, if we could be quick to listen and slow to speak in our relationships and in our nation and some of these stories that come out. Uh, honestly, I've seen some interviews of people that are rioting and protesting and when questions are asked to them, they really aren't sure what's going on. They're just fired up. Um,
1: the mob mentality. Huh? The mob mentality. Yeah.
0: Here's another one. Just let, let this one sink in. First Corinthians 13. Love. Verse 4 is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. This is the third word for angered in the Greek that I was not aware of until this week. I don't think it matters, parixeno or something like that. It's not thumos, it's not orge, but it's pretty much a similar. It means to give rise to annoyance, to prov- be provoked or to provoke. Um, so it's pretty much the same thing, just an underword I wasn't aware of. Are you easily angered? You don't have to nod or raise your hand. Are you quickly and easily offended? Do your feelings get hurt? Somebody's feeling convicted, their hearts (laughs) break. If you're easily offended, if your feelings are easily hurt into quick anger, that's not loving. That is not love. Just just let that soak in. That's, that's powerful to me. I, you know, I just it's no fun to be in relationships. You just never know um, when they're going to go off. You never know if you're gonna say the right thing. Even if you do say the right thing, it's like it's us, Richard? Yeah. So in our Bible
2: study today we came across Proverbs fifteen, eighteen. A hot tempered person serves a conflict, but the one who is patient calls a quarrel.
0: Patience.
2: A hot tempered could be similar to anger, maybe.
0: huh. Yeah, hot temper or heated in that um, I'd be curious, that's in the Hebrew, I'm assuming. <clears throat> And so what would be the Greek equivalent, the Septuagint, um, that they use there? We need to learn to pull our pants down and slide on the ice. <laughs> um, and then, then he takes us to, in, in the video and in the book, to the wisdom literature, which we mean by that. Especially, he would mean Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, <coughs> primarily. And he says, I mean, talks a lot about anger. Never once is it positive the biblical words for anger, not our American English word for anger. Um, it's always, every single time, associated with foolishness. Never the wise person. Ever. Ever. Ecclesiastes seven nine. Do not be quickly <laughs> provoked in your spirit. That's offendable, isn't it? To be quickly provoked in your spirit. Um... For anger, I'm continuing that verse in Ecclesiastes, resides in the lap of the fool. That means they're holding on to it. And so he's. He, he, we think perhaps, I need to hold on to this. I'm entitled to this. Um, does, does anger reside in your life? Are you holding on to it? If you are, biblically speaking, you're a fool. Um, and so he made two two really good points. We're gonna we're gonna finish this tonight. He made two really good points. We're kind of gonna finish it. Um, he said one of the problems with human anger is it clouds our judgment because it's it's, it's a emotional emotional heat and lacking rational thought and anger and I, in action. I I love what he said. Whatever you can do in response to defending or, um, like like the example that Benita brought up, whatever you do in anger, you can always do so much better in love. But that does not negate strength and response, ever. It doesn't mean that. Um... Seven twenty-eight. So, forgiveness is the alternative, and what's really neat about this is we're going to watch the video next week, so what he's going to start doing is he's going to say, okay, all right, so you see, this is not, this doesn't have a place in, in our lives. Well, that's nice. Let's just take it out. How do you do that? So he's going to start giving some of the hows, and of course, we already saw in Romans 12, Bless. And do good to them. That's one way. Jesus, I love the way he says people are coming against you in offense. Pray for them. It may not change them, but it'll change you and how you feel about them. But forgiveness is an alternative, and I can easily attach this to the video that we're going to watch next week, as he's going to say, "Here's a perspective to have on people that helps you not be offendable," and and he's going to include forgiveness. And so I want us to talk about what is forgiveness. Um and he makes a comment in video 1 and he's going to make it again next week he says it's really hard why why is it so hard to forgive we're going we're going to try to answer that question and one of the points he makes he says it's hard to forgive but you know what's harder is to carry anger all your life he says forgiving is a way better is a far better way to live um so we'll good next week, we will finally go into the next video. We'll discuss it, and then we're we'll going to really jump into this theme of forgiveness and talk about that. Okay, let's pray. Father, it's clear to me that we're leaving with questions and thoughts And then we hadn't just wrapped this up and got it all figured out perfectly. But that's okay. Holy Spirit, take these verses and um, put them in the slow cooker of our minds and our hearts and let them stew in us. Let us meditate. And let them work and shape and form in us the people that you've called us to be as we have read and understood from these passages tonight. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.